Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! We like, like the juice, juice huh? Yeah. Juice is good. Very good. So good. All right, it is the Cashin' Out Podcast. I'm Scotty Vegas with Anthony Rothman and Moneyline Mark. And guys, to me, this is the best time of the year, right? We got Thanksgiving right around the corner, OSU Michigan right around the corner. And then this weekend, the top 10 matchup, Ohio State and Michigan State. Beast. I love it. And, you, and not only that, you got good college basketball going on. You got uh, uh, NFL. I mean, this is this is as good as it gets, is it not? Food, gambling, and naps. I mean, yes. it doesn't get much better than that. So you're ac- absolutely right, Scotty. Um, and it feels like we're at the point of the year where we should know more, like we should feel more confident in making our bets. I know less. This week. I agree. It, and, and some of these lines, stinky. Yeah. Like, especially in college that I can't figure out right now, you know, Oregon's a dog at Utah, right? They're a, they're a playoff team right now. They're a dog. They're getting three points. Baylor who came off the big upset. They're a dog at K state. Those are stinky lines. And I don't know whether to lean into the stink or lean away from it right now. I'm kind of leaning uh, away from it. And I'm actually taking the favorites. Like I almost feel like um, Oregon with the three is a real good bet. Sounds great to me to have that team with three, knowing what's on the line. And then also Baylor. I, I don't know if they'll have the hangover. I think I'll, I'll take them as the better team over K-State. Or does Vegas know a lot more than I know? Okay, so here's oh, – I'm just going to throw this out there because this is the big parlay that I did yesterday, and I want your guys' opinion on it. First off, it was Patriots' money line. That's mm-hmm. already done from last night. But here's what it is. It was a it was a two-to-one uh, six-team parlay. Patriots are done. Ohio State money line, Pitt money line against Virginia, Michigan money line against Maryland, mm-hmm. Alabama money line against Arkansas, and lastly, this is the game where I want to try and whopper. I want to try and hedge during it. It's the night game. I took Utah money line over Oregon. That's my six-way feast. It, it's two and a half to one. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on it? You like it? What do you think? It's hard not to like it. Um, you know, the Utah money line is interesting. I think it's a very surprising line, as I said before. I mean, all, all three of the Utes' losses have been as a favorite. So that's interesting to me. I like their quarterback, Cameron Rising. He took over in week three. I think he's the key to their offense coming back, clearly. Um, They've only turned it over a few times since that Arizona State game, but they've won three of their last four, but it's against, you know, Stanford and Arizona, and and so they don't give up a ton of yards. uh, Or they actually did give up a ton of yards to Oregon State. I'm going to have to go back and look at those stats. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the Ducks have won two games this year as an outright dog, too. We know about the one here at Ohio State. So, I like Oregon in this game, so I'm a little opposite with you. But if it's your last one and you can hedge it out and whopper it, um, then you feel good about it. So you say Utah on the money line, so you could get Oregon plus the three if you wanted it at kick right. and then feel properly hedged. Right. All right. Mark, am I winning this bet? No. Oh! Which one gets him? <laughs> no. I mean, I don't like a few of them, to be quite honest. Uh-oh. A few? What? 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 It's what? not that big what of a parlay. You don't like all of them. 
My, I mean, college isn't my forte, though, so I, I don't know. Did Am I wrong, or did, didn't Oregon open as favorites on this? Did it move? No, no, no. They they, they are an underdog. They they were an underdog. They should be an underdog. They're going to lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> Which one All else? Right. What what else don't you like in that parlay? So you ha- so Ohio State has to win by 19. Against- no, 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 no. These no, are money all line. money line. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. No. OSU money line, Pitt money line, Michigan money line, Alabama money line, which to me, the hardest part of this whole parlay was probably the Patriots on Thursday night uh, up up until the Utah-Oregon game. I, I feel like mm-hmm. the other yeah, four, I agree with the you. sandwiched four, Ohio State, Pitt, Michigan, and Alabama were kind of the layups. Uh, and then and then the night game. So I, I I follow you now. My bad. Yeah. So I I just I just don't see Utah winning that game. I mean I know they're tough at home, but I just don't see them winning. So I, I think that's I'm with you. the most challenging of your of your parlay. But just I, get I just there. Just get there and hedge. That's exactly right. I you know and and looking at it for me, it is a hedge game, and the fact that I will hope that Utah gets up. Oh, seven so you're nothing. Not, so you're not hedging a kick. Probably not. Probably not. And I, I'm telling you, I put a lot on this one. I put a lot on this one. It's a good one to put a lot on. I mean, yeah. you were Mr. Greedy last week, and so you're going to continue that nice trend of not hedging the a kickoff. The greed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hope. Utah leading that game at any point, you feel good. And and I'm already getting three at kick with having them just on the money line because they're giving three. Correct. So. I like it. All right. Is there a game on the board, spread-wise, that you guys like in college yeah, this weekend? Yeah, I, I do, but I have to look up the number, unless you have the numbers handy. Well, you tell me. I, uh, I can probably... UCLA at USC. Three. UCLA is minus three. I like the Bruins in that game. I do, too. I think the line is weird. I think USC is injured. I don't know if they'll have Drake London. They're 6'5", all-world receiver. He's got 88 catches off to see. I think their quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who missed the loss to Utah because of that finger... Um, he's had the benefit of a bye to come back and recover from that. And he sure looked really good against Colorado. They stink, but UCLA's offense, I think is the difference. I really like them on a short spread, even though in a rivalry game, that's a great call. I, I like that one as well. I like that one too. And it is, it's minus three USC, uh, plus three or yeah, plus three plus 100 Mark. Is there one in the college game that kind of stands out for you? I got a weird one for you. So this BYU Georgia Southern game. I like Georgia Southern getting 20 points uh, over B- BYU. Georgia Southern just got a new coach, um, uh, Helton from USC. So I like uh, I like Georgia Southern in that one. Woo! That is going deep. <laughs> that is very You're deep. Giving us the very. Georgia Southern BYU yep. game. I I, I got to tell you, of all picks, I wasn't expecting that one. So I used to live in Statesboro, Georgia. So I follow the Georgia Southern Eagles. And uh, I just I like what they're doing there. I think they upset uh, BYU or not upset BYU, but I I don't think they beat them by twenty. I was just gonna say because the upset I got the I got the line up right now. Georgia Southern well, plus seven eighty uh, on and the money I line. Or, and I may or may not have taken the money line on that game. Oh, nice. That the other one that I think is kind of interesting, and, and can you give me the line on Wake at Clemson? Yeah, I know that Wake was a uh, slight underdog. I mean, that one to me, Wake. They are plus four and a half. All right, I'm willing to do that. They need to win this week or next. They can clinch the ACC Atlantic, get a berth in that title game. 
They're averaging more than 20 a game. Um, yeah, I like their chances to outscore Clemson and and get in there. I, th- I think they mean business. So I would actually take that that four and a half, you said? Yep. Yep. Okay, so how about this? We each have our most confident college pick and our most confident NFL pick for this week. Mark, you're in on the Georgia Southern. Anthony, you're in on UCLA. Yeah. I'm going to go in on I, I still like I still like Utah. I, I like Utah minus mm-hmm. three. I, that's a game I like. Um, what about NFL? Is there an NFL game that, that you're most confident in heading into this weekend? Mark, I'll let you lead off. I think the Bengals are going to beat the Raiders by more than one. I, I'm showing one right now. I mm-hmm. like I like the Bengals definitely winning by more than one against the Raiders. And it's basically a pick them. I have liked them too this week. I think that's a, a good call on your part. Coming off the bye, two losses in a row. The Raiders seem to be going the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Rugs tragedy certainly has, has hurt them because they just can't get anybody to lift the lid. And I also think that you know they can't get that running game going. I actually like that one, Scotty. You go first. I'm gonna. Uh, you go next. I'm gonna. I'm gonna peruse this. Yeah. So the one that I was kind of looking at is, is is honestly the big game of the of the weekend, and it's the Cowboys and Chiefs. And the Chiefs are giving two and a half at home, and uh, I got a feeling that uh, that the Cowboys on the road are the play in this game. I think. You know, getting two and a half. I, I just don't like that Chiefs defense at all. Uh, I know the Chiefs mm-hmm. are playing better. I think I would probably, if I had to make one pick amongst these NFL games this weekend, I'd probably say, give me the Cowboys getting points on the road. I like that. I like that a lot. I like um, that one too. Um, the other one that's intriguing to me is maybe a getting the Chargers on a discount after losing to the Vikes lane. What is it? Five and a half against the Steelers at home on Sunday night. Yep. I could see them bouncing back and beating the Steelers by a touchdown uh, because I just I just have so much more confidence in them than I do Pittsburgh right now coming off that tie against Detroit. I don't know how much the spread was. I don't know what the look line look ahead line was on that, but I'm, I'm going to maybe lean into that. Chargers beating the Steelers and covering that line. Oh, the other one, I I actually do think, what's the Browns line right now? 12... Uh, 12 and a half against the Lions. All right. It's a big number, but I do think with Chubb being back and the fact that I think Boyle is getting the start over Goff, I don't know if that's absolutely official yet. Uh, I know the Lions have been very competitive, but it's in Cleveland. They just got whacked. Here comes Chubb, their identity back. And I, I would also trend towards Cleveland covering that number. I like that too. And partially because, um, uh, Jared Goff has been awful in bad weather, cold weather, rainy weather, and this game being in Cleveland and this being a must win show yourself Browns game. I kind of like that as well. And here's the deal. What if they don't have even you said Goff's bad and I agree, but what if they have to go deeper than Goff and go to Boyle? A guy's thrown four NFL passes his entire career, right? I know we've had backups, weird backups that have risen up this year and played well. But I just yes. think in Cleveland, uh, I know they're 0 and 8, 0 8 and 1, and they're and they've been competitive and they've been close to getting that first win. I just, I almost think that the public would be more on Detroit getting that big number, knowing they've been competitive. I'm going the other way. I'm taking Cleveland. Mark, thoughts on that one? 
<laughs> man, it's it's hard for me to put much uh, faith in Cleveland week to week, but I'm with Anthony on this. I think Chubb just really has a nice game, bounce back, and you know, very a very uh, gritty running game. I, I mean, I bet Chubb gets 25 carries in this game. Yeah, so yep. I, I think it's a lot of running, and I think they probably win by more than that. I think they cover. All right, so let's let's go back now to the college game, Ohio State, Michigan State. I got a couple numbers that I want to throw out at you guys because, uh, you know, I've been talking with people all day about this game and, and whether you're nervous about Ohio State, Michigan State or not nervous about this game. And it, it's funny to me, the people that, you know, are, the people to me that are nervous about this game are nervous about this game more so because of the history mm-hmm. of this series, right? The fact that Michigan State has played spoiler to Ohio State several times. Uh, I've got a couple numbers I want to throw at you guys. So you both remember the 1998 Ohio State-Michigan yeah. State game, right? Ohio State looked like an unbelievable force going up against a Nick Saban-Michigan State team that was struggling. Anthony, I know you covered it. Yep. I want to get from you guys, try and guess what the spread of what the spread was of that game in 1998 that Ohio State lost at home. Uh, I don't know this. I don't remember it. I'm going to say Ohio State was probably favored by um, – I wanted to say like 17 and a half. Mark, you got a guess? Uh, 14. Okay, it was 27 and a half. Ohio State was a four-touchdown favorite at home and lost that game. Another they were one. 24-9, by the way, in the game. Right. Right. And and by the way, they could have easily rescued that game at the end when they were running it down Michigan State's throat um, with Joe Montgomery. And then they got inside the red zone and they called four straight passing plays and the thing just went down the toilet. But was that was that the Rose Bowl year with uh, Jake Plummer? Against Jake Plummer, was that that year? No, no, no. Uh, this was 97. Yeah, yeah, this was 98 oh. Michigan State at Ohio State. So what did they go to? Was that the year they played A and M in the Sugar Bowl? A and M, A and M in the bowl. Yes, that and they. Okay. By the way, yes, came back, won a beating Iowa, uh, beating Michigan, and then going and playing A A and M with Dat Win was the linebacker. That's right, and that oh. was in the Superdome, and Oof. Ohio State won that game. Yep. Okay, another one I want to throw out out you because I'm telling you, I think the reason why people are nervous about this game is the history of the series. So another one, 2015, and we remember this one really well not that long ago again Ohio State probably the most talented team in the country how much were they favored by when they lost at home to Michigan State Anthony a a guess at at that spread and if you remember Connor Cook was the quarterback Mm -hmm. was out for the game okay so he was out so he was in warm-ups we learned about it before and then um, once he went out, everyone went all in. I remember you and I talking about this. Yes. Yep. And so Tyler O'Connor, who was the uh, the Lima kid, wound up coming into having a great game. He ran the read option really well, and Ohio State loses that game. That was the famous Zeke after the, the game was, was complaining about not getting the ball, and he only got it, I think, 12 times. And so, and, and Barrett was not good that day, and everything that could go wrong kind of did, and they lost a very ugly game at home with Ohio State getting shut out in the fourth quarter on their home field. Um, 
The spread in that game is what you're asking? Yep. And both teams were really good. That had to be a short spread. I, I mean, that had to be Ohio State by like five and a half. Mark? Ten? The closing line was 14 and a half. How oh, can that be? The reason why is because Cook was out. The oh, okay. line All kept right. going okay. up I'm and sorry. up. Uh, and an OSU it was coming off a national okay. championship, you know. So I was thinking about in the realms of prior to, to getting that announcement. I'm sorry. So yeah, no, this was closing line. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So absolutely crazy. And to me, that is why everybody is so worried about this Saturday. Do you think it's legit? Do you think Michigan State has a chance to come in here and win? They shouldn't on paper because they have the worst pass defense in the country, the worst. And Ohio State's, we know what their their offense can be. So. In a weird way, I shouldn't be that surprised with Ohio State coming off the game they just had. I just wonder if this line is a crazy overreaction to just one week of football because Ohio State has not been consistently great, um, but they are the strongest where Michigan State is the weakest, and that is kind of the crux of this thing. Mel Tucker comes back to to Ohio State. He's going to go into his bag of tricks. I guarantee there'll be a flea flicker in this game for Michigan State. And the other thing you have to remember is the Ohio kids coming back into that game. AJR Curry is the graduate kid from Olentangy Liberty. He's the left tackle. JD Duplain is a kid from Strongsville. He's on that left side of the line as well. Xavier Henderson's the safety from Pick Central. He's their leading tackler. And Angelo Gross is the senior from Mansfield. Wow. So you do have guys from Ohio that are coming back here that want to do something. That being said, I don't think they can pressure Stroud the way they pressured Tungavailoa in Maryland with blitzes. Like, can they really afford to come after Stroud that way? They may. Mel Tucker may swing big and say, we got nothing to lose. we got to go win this game. But they also have Kenneth Walker, who they can try to put this game in his hands and keep Ohio State's offense off the field as long as they can. So I did wind up taking the points just because I, part of it is the history that you mentioned and part of it is, I think, a, a tiny bit of – reaction from the Purdue game that all of a sudden Ohio State is completely fixed and everything's going to be great and they're going to score 50-plus every week now. Um, I wound up taking the points in this one, um, thinking that I'd rather have them than not. Mark, any concern uh, for for you on Saturday? No, but for different reasons. So the fact that, you know, I don't want to sound too much like a conspiracy theorist here, but I think it's odd that the Mel Tucker contract situation happened right before this game. You know, the fact that he probably – rumors were out there that someone else was trying to get him, and then he may have you – know, him or his camp may have started that whole thing. <laughs> Who knows? But either way, the fact that that's coming out before this game and prior to this game, all that stuff, shows me that, he, you know, there's some people nervous about playing in Ohio State. And I, I think that uh, – you know, I, I'm kind of with Anthony. I, I think it might be – you know, even more than the 19 and a half or whatever they're saying. I think we might come out and really, you know, make a statement on Saturday. So that, that's my thoughts. I think Ohio State definitely wins and well, covers. Yeah. All right. So I'm a little, I'm a little opposite as far as them covering, but I would say that you're not completely out of bounds, although I don't think he's signing this contract before kickoff tomorrow. I don't think, unless they've agreed to it in principle. So what you're saying is that they're worried he's going to go to LSU, that his camp thinks that if he gets throttled by Ohio State, then maybe they pull back this $100 million contract. And well, t- I, I, yeah, so I think it's I think his camp started the whole thing. Like, I think they're like, mm-hmm. I think they're starting all this propagandizing 
to try to get him signed prior to this game. And I think that's why all this this deal, because the, the timing of it you must think is kind of odd. You know, right before this game, why would it happen after they beat Ohio State? Then it makes a little bit more sense. Right. I know they don't want to lose him, and then some other people are, are definitely salivating trying to get him. Um, but I, I think I'm always kind of just big on, on what goes on behind uh, closed doors and stuff. And I think that this is the timing of this seems very odd to me. I'll agree with you on the timing, but he, he has beaten Michigan twice though. Like, like he has beaten his rival twice, regardless of what he's going to do against Ohio state. I agree with you. I would not give a guy who's coached, you know, what, two and a half years of college football as a head coach, a hundred million dollars. I think it's kind of nuts, but I understand if, if LSU, I mean, these two alum are going to pay for it. It's not like Michigan State has to pay for it, right? These two big deep pocket alum are willing to donate this money to cover this contract. So obviously they must feel pretty strongly in the program that he's the right guy to lead it. But I'm with you. It, it's The timing of it is, is odd because if he gets throttled by Ohio State, you're certainly not rolling out that contract next week. Well, this is a true but, gamble. Well, this is a true yeah. gamble because you know what? If Michigan State goes and beats Ohio no, State, that contract's not getting bigger than what it already is. Well, well, here, here's what I'm saying yeah. though. If if Mel Tucker goes and beats Ohio State, and in that case, they're probably going to the to the Big Ten championship game, and a good chance that they are winning the Big Ten and they're going to be a playoff team, right? So this this is the gamble here, and the fact that you know if you let him, if he gets to a, a playoff. Mm-hmm. That that uh, the the USC the LSU the money the the intense pressure on coming after a playoff coach is different. Here's the difference for yep. me though. Here's the difference though. I think this contract is every bit of anything he would get from LSU and USC. This is nine and a half million a year for <laughs> ten years. Makes him the highest paid coach outside of Nick Saban by just a few shekels. Yeah, like it doesn't make any like if you said to me that this contract was a uh, you know, that paid him like six or seven, and that if he if he went all the way and won the national title, that he could get nine. My point is, if, if he wants LSU, would LSU really pay more than what's on the table right now? Presumably, I don't think so. But for Michigan State to lock him up, you can't go six seven. You have to go an, a, a crazy much. amount of money. Yeah, I know. If they feel they're going to lose him. Somebody's got to be hyping this whole thing up to get to that type of money. Absolutely. He's not a guy that's been around long enough to, to to command that amount of money. And if I'm Michigan state, the only, the only thing I can say is, well, someone else is paying for it. These alum are paying for it. The school isn't. So that's the good news. I feel like it's coming from his camp because why? Because I could see it maybe if they did beat Ohio state after the fact, or if they get into a, a, one of those top bowl games or whatever, I could see it happening then. But the fact it's happening right now just makes it feel like it's coming from somebody within his his group or inner circle that's really propagandizing him. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I will say, so, you know, the spread is 19. When I was guessing on Sunday, uh, we always try and guess at what the spread is going to be for for the next Ohio State game. Uh, My guess was 11. So I was eight points off. I'm not usually more than a touchdown off in my spread predictions and, and being eight points off. That was wild to me. So I asked this question to Scotty during the week. I did this on my show, Mark, and I'll ask you the same question. If Michigan state doesn't lose at Purdue, they squeak by, they get a win. 
just to keep them undefeated. And they're 10-0 and and the third-ranked team in the country coming into this game tomorrow. What is the spread? Maybe like three and a half. And it would have to be more only because one game can't equal 16 points. Like I, yeah. like the weird part to me is that's the extreme of what we're talking about. That Michigan state's one loss. Scotty and I think would still be about nine and a half, 10, right in that area. The Ohio state would still be favored, but imagine Michigan state being 10 and O with a number three in front of their, their name and being a double digit dog coming in. I still think they would, but it wouldn't be 19. No. And so I guess, I guess it's, I guess it depends on how they won, too. I mean, if it was real close and they barely won, then, then yeah, it would be like nine and a half. But so if they, you think they beat they Purdue out. decently, that they would be a, a very short dog? I think so. Okay. Well, yeah. that's the, by the way, that's the weirdness of this whole thing, that they lost one game and probably cost them, you know, 14 points on a spread. You know, the, the funny thing is, so uh, before the season starts, they always put out look-ahead lines, right? Uh, and, and so the look-ahead line on this game, before the season started, right, before anyone kicked off, was 27 points. Ohio State was Ooh. a 27-point favorite. So back in August, when they put out all these, all these preseason lines, the line was 27. But that's how low they thought of Michigan State coming into the year. So uh, just quick national championship odds. Ohio state comes into the weekend at four to one Michigan state, 125 to one. If Michigan state were to pull the upset and somehow win in Columbus, uh, that that 125 to one would be interesting. Um, All right, let's go though. We've got Michigan. Michigan. We're we're both off. We're all, we're all taking a, a nice Thanksgiving week off. And so uh, let's look ahead to that Michigan game. And I got a couple historical things for you. And then I also want to get a story from you guys about your yeah. your favorite OSU Michigan memory. But first off, we've got a line, a look-ahead line for next weekend. Have you guys seen what the look-ahead line for, for this is? Should I have you guess or, or, or should I just tell you? Just, I, I don't know it. Okay, then, then, then take, a, take a guess at it. Uh, Ohio State at Michigan next week. They're probably a oh, um, nine and a half. Mark? Six and a half. Okay, it's actually seven and a half. Seven and a half. So about a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the look ahead line on that game. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. Injuries, how Michigan looks, how Ohio State looks, that'll, that'll adjust the line a little bit. But the look-ahead line is right now seven and a half. Um, and this is this is a series where the favored team has dominated. They, they almost always win the game. There's very rarely a spread upset in this series. It's now, odd to me because my mind would go to that the best team doesn't always win in this game. Right. You would think that. You would think that, but 12. Uh, okay, so here's here's the number. So uh, 2018, Michigan was a four-and-a-half-point favorite here, and that's the game they lost 62-39. to 39. Okay, so that's that's Urban's last hurrah, correct? Yep. Yes. So that was the year that they probably wished was the pandemic year with no fans because right. I will tell you that no fans could have made the difference if they had to come here and play that game because I thought he had his best quarterback in Shea Patterson, uh, Harbaugh. He had Karan Higdon. He had Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had Nico Collins. 
Dwayne Haskins was an absolute beast in that game. The six touchdowns, the 400 yards. Paris Campbell was awesome. Weber was pretty good too. But that was the game where the experts were picking Michigan, but the aura around Urban's last hurrah was was enough crazy motivation for Ohio State. That's right. That's right. So four and a half point dog, Ohio State wins that game. But before that, before uh, 2018, the favorite had won 13 straight times. And 12 of those were Ohio State. So we need to find out about ATS, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the biggest spread, the biggest spread that I could find in the series uh, goes back to 2014. That was OSU was a 21 point favorite in that game. They won, but did not cover. Um, Last time, a double digit dog, the double digit underdog pulled off the upset in this series. Can you guys name the year? Double-digit dog pulling the upset. Pulling the upset. It was either, I want to say, was Tress a dog in 01 at Michigan by that much? It's either that or 95. It could be 96. Mark, you got a guess? I'm going to say 95 or 01. (laughs) I don't remember the years, but I would say either Bianca Batuka running all That's over. That's 95. Okay. I think. Or uh, Sean Springs falling down. That's 96. That okay. okay. You guys, the correct answer is 1996. Yes. That yeah. is correct. So you brought up the, the Trestle first year, and they were an eight-point dog in that game and won outright. So I'll tell you about 96. Um, my brother was getting married that weekend in Chicago and I was working for channel six here. And so I did the pregame show and obviously, you know, I had to hop on a flight. So I raced to the airport and before I get on the plane, Ohio state, I'm watching Ohio state's up. Um, was it nine, nothing in that game? I think they were up nine, nothing coming out of the third quarter, tie street slant, Sean Springs slips and scores. I think people remember that over the year, like that was the game-breaking score. Ohio State was still leading the game after that touchdown. Like everybody goes up the tight, Sean Springs slipped, game over. Ohio State was leading the game 9-7. So they just couldn't do anything offensively in 96. And certainly that game was here, so you had the advantage of being at home. But, yeah, that, that, that makes sense because, you know, you go back – to Bianca Batuka in that year might have been the most talented Ohio State team ever. But, yeah, that one was a frustrating one, man, 96. 17-point favorite wow. in that game. In 1996, Ohio State was a 17-point favorite uh, and, and ended up losing. So those are some of your spread numbers for the game. Well, let's think about some of the things that could have changed this rivalry real, real quick in the last five, six years. Maybe even more. Let's go to Brady Hoke, 2013. He goes for two. That slant play that Tyus Powell picks off. If they if they get that and they win, Jim Harbaugh may not even be the coach there. Hoke may still be the coach because that might have turned things. You never know. The fourth down play, the JT Barrett scramble, the Jim yes. Harbaugh, he didn't get it. Sure, all that. That could have changed. That he, he needs to win that game. So, Think about Harbaugh of the last, let's go back to his year. So in 2015, he had Jake Rudock, horrible right against JT Barrett. Rudock was not, he had no running game. Guess what we had? We had Zeke Elliott, 214 yards. Do you know how many completions 
JT Barrett had in that game in 2015? How many completions? 2015. Where Zeke ran for 214. They beat Rudock. I mean, got to be, what, 14, 15? He had nine. Wow. He had nine. In the 2016 double overtime game, he had Wilton Spate. Not bad. He had two touchdowns, but he had two key picks. They were gonna. They were in the red zone. He threw a bad pick. Guess who Ohio State's leading rusher was that day? JT. JT Barrett. So he's. There's always been something that has changed the thing. 2017, Barrett goes out. Everyone thinks the game is gonna go the wrong way. Dwayne Haskins comes in. He delivers. Yeah. You know how many completions combined Dwayne and JT had that day in the 31-20 win? I was actually at that one. I, um, what thir- nine? Oh, jeez. You had a hundred-yard rushing game from J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. John O'Corn was horrible. Oh, he, O'Corn. He, he, he had <laughs> he, he had he had Evans and Higdon in his backfield. It didn't help. And then you mentioned the 2018 game. The 2019 game, when he had Shea Patterson throw for 300 yards, Fields was amazing. He was 304 touchdowns. Dobbins had a 200-plus yard day for Ohio State. And Wilson and Olave were very good, too. So there were two games in the last seven years that really could have changed things. Yeah. The Brady Hoke two-point conversion, if that if he gets it. And then the Harbaugh fourth down play where they had JT. They had him penned in. He had to circle all the way back yeah. and get it. Like if there's a tackle there and the thing switches. And then the other one, his best team, that Shea Patterson team coming in here, Urban, all the stuff floating around Ohio State's program. Game day in that southwest corner, or was it Fox? I can't even remember. It's probably Fox. I don't even remember. Picking A lot of guys picking against Maybe it was game day, picking against Ohio State that day because they thought Michigan had the better team. Yeah. So there were three moments in the last seven years that could have changed this thing. It didn't happen, and the wins just keep piling up. And by the way, think back, you know, speaking of one play that changes this whole series, think back to 0-2. Mm. Uh, John Navarre at the end of the game has a chance throwing the ball yep. in the end zone, and it's picked off by Will uh, Will Allen. Yeah. You know, it's just unbelievable. It's I'm glad you brought that up as how how easily one play could change this whole series. They've won 17 of the last 19 since the turn of the century, Ohio State. They've won eight in a row. That hasn't been done since Michigan did it in the early 1900s. So, you know, and I think Ohio State's only down seven wins overall in the total win column in the series. But think about this, guys, and this will put it in perspective. The 21-year-old kid that goes to Michigan right now the kid that was born in 2000 got a win when they were three and when they were 11 and that's it. So the 21 year old kid that goes to school in Michigan, I don't know how many games you remember before you were 11 years old. Not many, I would imagine. No. And then I don't even know if they're going to remember that one when they were 11. So they've experienced zilch only disappointment their whole lives. And they go to school there so they have no clue what winning is like because they haven't even they haven't felt it since they were eleven. What a shame! Yes. What a shame! All right, one ma- one memory from each of us, and then we're going to get out of here for the weekend. Uh, Mark, start out with your first uh, and and maybe your favorite OSU Michigan memory. Well, this one's my favorite. I, I had I went to some games when I was a kid that had some great memories, but uh, I think it was two thousand six, one versus two, Ohio mm. State Michigan. If that's right. Yep, that's um, right. What's the game with my brother? And I just remember it was kind of Beanie Wells, my my buddy's breakout season or breakout debut where he had that huge run against Michigan 
and uh, just kind of sealed the deal. Very back-and-forth game, very high-scoring. Um, but that's one of my favorite memories of, of any game is that one versus two and, and then just watching that back-and-forth show, which was pretty awesome. Yes, yes. Anthony? All right, so I got two of them. Um, one of mine, which is more, more of a funny story, my first year covering the rivalry was 1994, and Cooper had not won yet, and the game was here. And he's probably going to get fired. I mean, this is it. You can't, you can't come in the late 80s and not win a game. Imagine, imagine this era going 2-10-1. and one. Like, you wouldn't even get that many at-bats. No. So, 19- Although Harbaugh's on his yeah, way. Yeah, right. 1994, and the game's – Ohio State wins the game, but the last couple minutes, the celebration is happening. He's finally getting it done. And they're so pumped. And he belted a blackboard at halftime, as the story goes, which was very uncharacteristic for Coop. Corey Stringer, Eddie George, Bobby Hoyne all said that it was really out of character. Fired everybody up. So first win for him. And first for Ohio State, Scotty and Mark, at home in 10 years in the rivalry. So not only were you getting one finally for Coop, you were getting one at home in a decade. And the game ends, and there goes Coop out, and the whole everyone's rushing the field. Jack Aroot for ABC is down there trying to track down Coop in a, I mean, there are so many people, I can't even tell you. And they start firing off like tear gas, like trying to get people off stadium. And Jack Arut, I remember saying, like him saying, we're getting tear gassed, we're getting tear gassed. <laughs> Matt Bonhouse and Randall Brown are the two defensive linemen for Ohio State. They pick up Coop and they put him on his, uh, their shoulders. Randall Brown, by the way, was a senior from Detroit, so it was big for him playing for Ohio State to finally get one before he left. And they get near midfield. He's going to. He's got to shake hands with Lloyd Carr. And I don't know whether he slid off their shoulder pads or where they just thought this is a good time to let him down for a landing. But he got dumped. <laughs> and nobody knows where he is. And I'm saying to myself, how tragic he's going to get his first win against Michigan and get trampled by his own fans. <laughs> and they finally got him up. Oh, and they found him. And then ABC wound up giving players of the game and Coop was our player of the game. Wow. They gave it to a coach. And so through the tear gas and him getting dumped in midfield <laughs> before getting Lloyd Carr, it was it was just so weird. Then the other one for me is one of the greatest highlights. You know, Mark talked about Beanie. I still don't know how this, this play happened. It was 05. And Troy Smith and, and Ohio State was down by two with a minute under a minute to go. Yep. And they're at the Michigan 30 and they're driving. Josh Houston had missed missed a 46-yarder earlier in the fourth quarter. He had made two in the game, but he missed a 46-yarder in the fourth. So you didn't want to count on him kicking one for the game winner. And uh, the Wolverines send five, and Troy tries to jailbreak through the right side. And I've never, I don't know how this is physically possible. David Harris, the linebacker, is coming like a locomotive into that gap, and Troy's going into that gap with the same speed and gusto. Somehow he puts his left foot in the ground because Harris is going to knock him into another area code. This may go real bad. And Troy puts his left foot in that ground and jumps to his right. Harris goes to the ground because he's just totally faked out. And and he flings that thing to Anthony Gonzalez, who leaps yep. and is riding Grant Mason's shoulder pads while controlling that ball inside the four. Antonio Pittman punches it in, and Ohio State wins that 0-5 game. To me... Right now, it's the single greatest highlight for me in the Ohio State-Michigan series. That play by Troy with under a minute to go down two, it, it will always, 
always be my favorite. Yeah, I I, do, I can still yeah. picture Anthony Gonzalez and and that Just, catch and riding the back of Grant Mason. And, yeah. and but how Troy gets free enough to even make that throw is also equally mm. impressive. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, mine. I'll be quick. It was is twenty sixteen. It was the double overtime thriller. Uh, yeah, I was, I was right near the end zone, such mm-hmm. a frustrating game overall, right? OSU. I mean, the OSU did not look good throughout that game it was number two versus number three really felt like they were going to lose throughout mo- much of that game. Um, but, uh, OSU obviously pulls it out in double overtime and, you know, as the fans are running on the field and going crazy, I, I, I'm in the stands and, you know, I'm hugging my cousin and everything and we're, we're, we're celebrating. And I noticed this, this high school. Uh, actually, it was a college student uh, who had a, a Peppers jer- jersey on, a Jabril Peppers jersey on, right in front of me. And I look, and literally tears were coming down because this was a game that they they win, they're in the playoff, you know, a huge game one way or the other. And uh, so I can just vividly remember the tears coming down and just having a, a little smile knowing that he was That's sad. That's awesome. Let me add one more thing to Mark's. Um, yours was the 06, the game of the century, Mark? Yes. Okay. Yep. So that's the 42-39 game, both teams coming in 11-0 and and all that. I don't know if you guys remember this, but you will now after I tell you. And this is what I thought was was didn't even make sense, and it almost made me feel like there's something that's going to happen that's weird. Bo, right? Bo Schembechler yeah. dies the day before the game. Oh, yeah. He's taping a show at a Detroit TV station. It goes fine. Um, And then someone yells out, Bo has collapsed. And they rush him to the hospital. He was not going to attend the game in Columbus. He had no plan to attend it. But when he died the day before one ver- the game of the century, you thought, well, what more can Ohio State overcome here to get it done? And um, they did. They went winning that game, and and I think they were a seven point favorite going in, which is kind of a pretty decent spread for a one versus two game. But that to me also rings very true that um, this series has had it all. Yep. And it will continue to have it all, and I will continue to respect it. I, I always view it this way. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, there's this inherent respect there," but then we also praise the Woody Hayes. You know, I couldn't go for three, and Urban saying, Urban not saying, but knowing that he probably would have gone for two if if there wasn't an injury at the yes. end of that game, his last game. Yes, I've always put it this way: you respect the hate. That's what this series is about: respecting the hate. Like you understand how deep seated it is, and you have to respect that part of it. Um, that'll always be the most important game. When we expand this playoff, and we will one day, we'll get to 12 teams, I don't know, and the loser of this game will still backdoor into the playoff. This rivalry is going to lose a little bit of its, you know, one-and-done kind of stuff. But until then, we got to embrace it. It's been great talking with you guys about it. So much fun. So much fun. All right, everyone have a great weekend. Let's win some money, and uh, we'll be back on Cashing Out next Monday. Atlas Butler is built to keep you comfortable and our plumbing services are no exception. You can rely on Atlas Butler for trusted, convenient plumbing and drain service. Our expert plumbers and drain specialists can take care of anything, from a broken water heater to a clogged drain. Call today, get it fixed today. That's our pledge to you. 